You're listening to Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers, whose mission is to preserve dignity, protect independence, and provide peace of mind for their clients and loved ones by providing exceptional home care. 97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Welcome, this is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections, and joining me today is Kevin Houston. He is an elder law and estate planning attorney and is accredited by the Department of Veterans Affairs to handle VA claims, such as the improved pension or aid and attendance benefits. And today, he's going to be talking to us about special assistance for adult care homes. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here today. So this is a wonderful topic, and we have never covered this on the show. We're actually entering our third year of production, so we're very excited about that here on WCHL. Let's just start right off the bat. I know, you know, when families are really looking at the future and, you know, money's starting to dwindle and loved ones are in um, assisted living communities or um, special elder care homes, they have to start thinking about this whole special assistance component. What exactly is special assistance? Well, special assistance is a government program, and it's funded 50% by state dollars, 50% by county dollars. And the idea is it's a way of paying for the cost of care in in an adult care home, such as assisted living, a group home, or a family care home. And so it's designed for to help disabled adults or elderly individuals uh, help pay for the cost of room and board at an assisted living facility or, like I said, another adult care home. So do you have to be both disabled and elderly, or is it one or the other? It's either or. So okay. If you're 65 or older, okay. or if you're disabled under Social Security standards, then you are you meet that criteria for the, the benefit. Okay. Now, I've heard this whole special assistance, you know, some, it seems like year after year with the budget, they talk about cutting some of the funding for that. That's the state side. Is that how that works? That's correct. Okay. So, yeah, there's always discussion. The question of whether or not these buildings who accept it will have the funds. That's correct. In some states, have no program similar to special assistance. It's not required by the federal government oh, okay. that it even exists. So it's possible it could be cut altogether. Oh, that's scary for those folks who are using it. Yeah. Okay, so is special assistance able to be used in skilled nursing communities or is this basically just for assisted living? It is only for assisted living level of care. Okay. So, yeah, at the skilled nursing level, that's where Medicaid can be applied for and Medicaid can help pay for the cost of a skilled nursing facility. Mm -hmm. But special assistance is particular to assisted living level of care. Uh, wouldn't apply to a, a skilled nursing or, or other um, uh, at a higher level of care like skilled nursing. So I think a lot of people might think special assistance is akin to Medicaid. It's not. It's similar. Okay. It's definitely a different program. Okay. And there's a lot of different Medicaid programs, but special mm-hmm. assistance is very unique because it only applies at the, at the assisted living level, uh, there's some similarities, of course. Mm-hmm. The, the eligibility rules are, are pretty similar, mm-hmm. and if, you, if you're if you able to get on special assistance, 
you are automatically entitled to Medicaid benefits. Ah, that's and good. That's, it's very important. Because, so you're on the fast lane for Medicaid for the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And it's very important because if, let's say, if you're in an assisted living mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and you get on special assistance, well, that's going to pay for the cost of your room and board at the facility. Mm-hmm. But then you're going to need Medicaid also to uh-huh. pay for the cost of the personal care services that are being provided. So you're going to need both special assistance and Medicaid to provide for all the services you're going to need at that community, at the, at the, again, at the assisted living level. Oh, so you do, you do have both there. Okay. Right. So um, just for those folks listening who may not be familiar, we're kind of shooting out assisted living and skilled nursing. What's the difference between the two? Well, skilled nursing is a higher level of care, and that that would entail just a greater need for regular nursing care or or some type of medical assistance. Could be any number of things, like it could be a catheter, a tray, Mm -hmm. or or various other medical uh, necessities. Assisted living is more designed for just covering the basic activities of daily living. So Mm -hmm. you may need assistance with bathing, with feeding yourself, mm-hmm. with medication management, hygiene, toileting, things of that nature. Okay. And then I guess a question, I think you've already answered part of this for me already, but just for those who are listening, how is special assistance different from Medicaid? Is it just that it covers room and board and not the personal care, or is there any other difference? That's Yeah, that's basically it as, as far as where it applies. It, you know, it's, it's assisted living applies only to... to uh, special assistance applies only at the assisted living level. Medicaid can cover private living to skilled nursing, any type of medical care. Uh, so, and then as I mentioned, Medicaid covers the personal care services. So again, special assistance is just limited to to the residential, room you know, room and board type of costs. So basically, your your the room you're sleeping in, the food you eat, the laundry services that are done, that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So if someone is on special assistance, how much income can they actually keep each month and how much has to be paid to the community? Or is that a complicated question? Well, that's, <laughs> that's fairly straightforward. So, so under special assistance, you can keep $46 as a personal needs allowance and then they give you $20 as an income exclusion. So the net effect of that is you can keep $66 to spend however you would like but then all the rest of your income would have to be paid to the facility. That's not a lot of money. It's not a lot to keep. I mean, no. I mean, just getting a haircut alone is... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So $66, you have to try to budget that and all of that. Yeah, so for example, if you got $1,066 of income each month, 1000 goes to the facility. On so, top of what special assistance pays. Correct. So the facility gets money from special assistance. Mm-hmm. They get 1000 You keep $66 wow. for your personal needs. Right? So, you know, that's like if you wanted to go to the dollar store and get some snacks or something like that. I mean, that's not a lot. So does the special assistance cover clothing or does that come out of the $66 too? The clothing, that's coming out of your $66. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I wonder why they made that threshold so low. Well, what, do know. you know the thought process behind that? I don't know, but it's, it's <laughs> so they're going to give people a raise. <laughs> wow. Well, it, it's actually higher than regular Medicaid, which is only a thirty dollars. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, it's, don't, don't lie a whole lot of leeway there. So yeah. that's where family has to really pitch in, basically. And Th- that's very true. Yeah. Um, very true. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so on to more depressing news. <laughs> How? Uh, what are the income limits for special assistance eligibility? 
Well, it's it's twelve forty seven fifty. That's which is that means one thousand two hundred forty seven dollars and fifty cents, of course. And that's for a regular unit. Or I mean, there's also what what are called uh, special care units. And if you're in a special care unit, then the income limit is a little bit higher, and that's uh, fifteen eighty. That's $1,580.50. Okay. So a special care unit, there's a higher uh, income limit on that because it's they're providing additional services. It's more expensive. Yeah. yeah, so it's designed for, you know, memory care for dementia, Alzheimer's, or related illnesses where it's just a, a special extra care that's being provided. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. You are definitely providing a whole bunch of information I think a lot of our listeners are not aware of, so I appreciate that. Joining me today is Kevin Houston. He is an elder law and estate planning attorney. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. On 97.9 FM, WCHL, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connections. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections. And joining me today is Kevin Houston, and he is an elder law and estate planning attorney. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you. And we are talking about special assistance for adult care homes, such as assisted living communities. And so we were just talking about, gosh, these very um, small stipends that people get to keep when they're on special assistance. So definitely means that families have to ante up and help provide for those special occasions for loved ones. And then also the income limits. And so you were just saying that the income limits for a regular unit in an adult daycare home is $1,247.50. And then for a special care unit, unit it was 15 80 and 50 cents correct that's correct okay so i guess a question i have for you before you know we move too much further along to this do all communities accept a special assistance they do not in fact fewer communities are accepting special assistance do you know why that is well it's just because they don't typically get as much money on special assistance as they would from a private pay it doesn't really pay for the cost of care that's true. Yeah. So, so what you see in a lot of the communities is, even if they do accept special assistance, they got special rules they're going to apply. For example, they might say, you can only get on special assistance after you've private paid for maybe a twelve to eighteen month okay. period. Yeah. And then there's also facilities. So, and there's different facilities, or some of those same facilities would also say that if you can get on special assistance, you have to still pay extra on top of that. To stay there, which is extremely problematic because, as we mentioned... So you're allowed to do that? You're allowed to make that requirement? Yeah, the facilities uh, Interesting. So families would have to pay in or... Yeah, because since... Because since, since they only have 46 or $66 to spare, it, how are they going to do that? Exactly. Yeah. So you got the $66 key, <laughs> but then if the facility is saying you've got to pay 1000 extra on top of all of your income... Obviously, then the family's going to have to chip in if they're able to, to yeah. or else the person might be facing discharge. Wow. And so that does happen. People get discharged. Uh, it, it happens on rare occasions, I would say. I mean, a lot of facilities, to their credit, try to do the, their best uh-huh. to work with folks. But it's the, just a reality of business, and, mm-hmm. and they, some of them just can't afford to, to keep people that are just 
if they're just receiving special assistance. Sure. So, um, so make sure that I understand and everybody listening is understanding. When you say income limits, are you talking about things like maybe money from a pension or a stock dividend or um, Social Security? Is that what's considered income? Is there anything else that's considered an income limit? Uh, it's not your assets, but it's what's coming in each month from, okay. from virtually any source, really. Okay. And, and it's gross income as well. So that's okay. before any deductions come out for taxes or okay. Medicare Part B, those sorts of things. Okay. So then how about resource limits? Right. Well, for... Like a house <laughs> or okay. car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, for special assistance, there's a $2,000 resource limit, but that's for countable assets. And here we got to distinguish between countable and non-countable assets. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 2000 is the limit for countable assets. What's a countable asset? Well, it's anything that's non-countable. <laughs> Right. Well, so the non-countable assets would be things like your house mm -hmm. if you intend to return. So, okay, that you can't uh, count a house, okay. Yeah, so that's not countable. Uh, your car is non-countable. Life insurance up to $1,500 is non-countable. So what does that mean, life insurance up to 1500 What it's worth? The value of it? The face value. If it's 1500 or less, then that's exempt. Okay. Or if you have a prepaid funeral, that's exempt. Yeah. Funeral expenses. I would hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your tangible personal property household items would be exempt as well. Okay. So then what's countable? Give me some examples. It'd be everything else, basically. So so we, we carve out what's Vacation home. <laughs> That vacation home is fully countable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much anything else other than those exempt resources, those non-countable, yeah, Medicaid adds the value of all those things. Okay. If you're over $2,000, you are not going to be eligible for special assistance. Okay. So quite a low uh, resource limit there as well. Sure. And then um, penalties, can people give things away? Like, could they give their um, vacation home away and be okay? Well, for special assistance, there's a three-year look-back period, and it's five years for Medicaid. So that's slightly different. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's a three-year look-back for special assistance. So the rule is that if you give an asset away within the three years prior to the application for special assistance, a penalty will be applied. The penalty, so they take the amount of the gift. Mm -hmm. So I would say it was a $100,000 house. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be a big penalty. <laughs> you divide that by 2000 For every $2,000 you give away, uh -huh. that's one month you're ineligible for special assistance. Ooh, so you'd be paying a long time. Yeah, but it is a, they cap it at 36 months. Okay. So in that case, it would be a 36-month penalty. But still, yeah. Three, three years. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. So, yeah. It, so the penalties can be substantial It's when you divide that by 2000 So it's not a financial penalty necessarily. We have to pay the government back. It's just you they don't give you any money towards paying for room and board. Yes, yeah, so you're going to have to private pay during that time frame right. until that, that penalty period runs out. And then after the penalty's up, then you can get on special assistance. So then um, your comment earlier when you stated if you're on special assistance, you sort of automatically get on Medicaid, but then excluding that extra two years for look back, correct, for Medicaid or no, or does that get waived? Uh, yeah, so if you can get on special assistance, you are waived in and, and you're on Medicaid. So. so you could actually get away with something, you get, <laughs> potentially, you know, within that five years. That, if, that's, that's correct. Oh, that's yeah. a little loophole, apparently, for people. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Never knew that. Okay. So how do the asset and income limitations apply to a married person? That's well, a little is, different, right? Yeah, this is where it gets Or if you have it a dependent, maybe, even. Yeah. Well, let's use, well, let's talk for a married couple, let's say, um, the nice thing there is that they're only counting the income and the assets mm -hmm. of the spouse who's applying for special assistance. 
they're not going to look at the assets and income of the other spouse. What if it's joint? Uh, well, if it's a joint asset, then they, they would... They like that would, vacation home's deeded to both of you. Yeah, in that they're going to count that. So, But there's a... The interesting thing is that if you're if you're the spouse applying for special assistance, you can gift assets to the other spouse, okay. and you can get it out of your name that way. Okay. And there's the nice thing is there's no penalty okay. for a gift from spouse to spouse. Okay. So it's a that's one obvious obvious planning opportunity where you can shift assets from spouse to spouse to get assets out of your name. So hurry up and find someone to marry real quick. I'm just kidding. Totally I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, well, that's interesting. So uh, what about in the case of, you know, you said special assistance is also for people who are disabled. Um, and say I was a, a disabled woman and I had to go into an assisted living community, but I had a couple of kids as dependents. Would that also work for them or no? Yeah, you can give to a disabled child as well mm -hmm. without penalties if they're disabled under Social Security standards. Or I'm the disabled one, but my kids are not, but they're minors. Would that work as well? Or Yeah, you can okay. also give to a minor child. Yes. Okay, good, interesting. Good Okay. Um, and then real quick here before we have to take a break, um, besides the special assistance, are there any other programs that can help care for me at an assisted living? And if we have to continue with that after break, that's fine, but are there any other programs that exist? Yeah, real quick. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a VA program. Okay. Obviously, that would be available only for veterans or family members of veterans. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll talk more about the VA program after the break. Okay. Say. Sounds great. Thank okay. you so much. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno on 97.9 FM WCHL, supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. Now, more of Caring Connections. Okay, welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections, and joining me today again is Kevin Houston. He is an elder law and estate planning attorney and is accredited by the Department of Veterans Affairs to handle VA claims such as the Improved Pension or Aid and Attendance Benefits. Welcome back. And we were actually just going to start touching on for a quick minute here about the other types of programs besides special assistance available to help pay for care in assisting living level. You were talking about the VA. Right. So the VA pension is designed to help a wartime veteran or the spouse of a wartime veteran obtain some needed benefits to help pay for the cost of mm -hmm. care. So it's a nice program in that a lot of people are over the income limit for special assistance. So this is a nice way to pay for the care for our veteran families. So for a single veteran, you can get a pension of $1,789 a month. For a widow of a veteran, it's $1,149 a month. And for a married veteran, $2,120 a month is the maximum pension. And these are tax-free benefits. Wow, that's wonderful. Anything else that you know of? I know sometimes I've been hearing about some new programs like people being able to withdraw early from their life insurance policies. Have you heard of those types of sort of reverse policy? I'm not exactly no. Sure yeah, there, 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 there's some program that somebody was trying to make me aware of that um, people could actually take an early benefit from life insurance potentially to pay for the cost of care. Have oh, you heard well, of those? Yes, I have. Like okay. long-term care rider type things on their policy. Yeah, insurance. yeah. Right. So yeah, there are others. Are developing more bells and whistles. Yeah. And things like yeah. The trick is you have to do it before you're sick. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> so you have to be able to think in advance before the crisis occurs. So. Yeah, it's just different ways of, you know, there's traditional long-term care policies. Uh -huh. and it's just another way to build that type of a product within life insurance. Sure, sure. Okay. 
So can someone get both the VA and special assistance? It's possible, but the problem you run into is the VA benefit is sometimes countable towards the income limit for special assistance. So you have to be very careful because uh, that will almost surely kick you over the limit for special assistance if they count the income. So on a case-by-case basis, it's something you should talk with an elder law attorney mm-hmm. about as to what, which is the better benefit or can you obtain both. Yeah. It is possible, but it's there's a lot of... A lot yeah. of uh, obstacles there. And I hear there's quite, um, there is quite an issue with that for a lot of people who maybe find out about the VA benefit and then maybe potentially a person who's not working in their best interest gets them on that and then they exclude them from Medicaid down the road. So if you have like a really long illness like an Alzheimer's, you know, that can go on for 15, 20 years, it really needs to you have someone who's really looking into your best interest to help you make those decisions. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Benefits, jumping into benefits for one can impact the other yeah. programs. Yeah. So the planning is very can be different. Yeah. So you just have to know. The planner needs to know both programs, Medicaid, uh, VA, and, and special assistance, really, mm-hmm. so you can cover all your bases there. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so how does someone go about applying for special assistance? So the, the application goes to the Department of Social Services. Mm-hmm. For special assistance, it's always an in-person application process. Okay. You sit down, they'll ask some questions, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, the, your local county of social service, Department of Social Services. Well, Kevin, you've been an absolute wealth of information, and I want to give you a chance to let people know how to get a hold of you for more information, to perhaps sit down with you for a consultation. I'm sure people are very interested and very impressed with all the information you're able to provide in the short amount of time. How do they go about doing that? Well, you can contact Contact us by phone, or, or you can look us up on the internet. It's uh, our phone number is nine one nine seven four one six five six five. On the internet, it's uh, carolinaestatecouncil.com. Okay. Council spelled S E L, like council. Yeah. Providing council. Mm-hmm. We do provide free consultations. We also meet people in their facilities. A lot of our clients are elderly can't get out. So, so you go to them. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. And again, um, as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360wchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.